Welcome back to Up The Villa podcast. Hopefully you've all had a great Christmas. So we've got our match preview for Aston Villa v Burnley. If you are new to our channel, subscribe. Make sure you're dropping a like on each episode and comment your thoughts in the comment section down below. Goes off like a fan forum every time, so it's there for you to get involved with. But before we start, before we get into... Villa v Burnley. I really want to have a bit of a roundup of the year, really. You know, this is probably going to be our last pre-match reaction. Well, we'll do the predictive lineup tomorrow, etc. But I just wanted to just talk about sort of 2023 briefly for Aston Villa. The whole year, it's been absolutely remarkable. Probably the best year for me ever of supporting Aston Villa of how well we've done, the, the journey we've been on, the improvements that we've made, how we've been playing, the goals that we've been scoring, the wins that we've been having. It's been literally a, a dream supporting Villa in 2023. And I, I've absolutely loved every minute. I've loved going to the games. I love the atmosphere. Um, I love how much this channel has grown as a fan channel. It's, it's just gone sky high this year which is fantastic and and it's all down to you guys all of the concepts we've got fan cams are going off really well now after games we've added different bits so it's been an absolutely fantastic year and as you can see from the 2023 table now this episode's recorded before the games on Wednesday so this may change slightly but Villa Currently in 2023, sitting second in the actual table. 41 games played, 25 wins, 9 defeats, 7 draws, 74 goals scored, 46 conceded, a plus goal difference of 28 and won 82 points for 2023. And it's just been an absolute dream, you know, uh, watching us. And I've got some of the results here now uh, from that period so we've got it starting with uh spurs away we won 2-0 fantastic result from villa and then we had that little bit of a blip didn't we of leicester city arsenal and uh, we went on that little bit of a, a blip and then from there we, we never really looked back did we we had a, a massive win against newcastle at home 3-0 which was unreal we had the spurs 2-1 we had the Liverpool result that we needed away at Anfield and we finished the season off with a 2-1 at Brighton. And then we just sort of just, yeah, it, it just went mad from that period with our, with our current turn of the year fixtures, hasn't it? It's been brilliant. We've had some massive, massive wins. We've, you know, beat Chelsea, we've beat Arsenal, beat Spurs again, beat Brighton again be a decent, a good West Ham side now. Um, and then, you know, the big one for me was was beating Man City and, and that was such a great performance. One of the best performances I think I've ever seen from a Villa team. So what I want to know, what has been your standout moment from supporting Villa in 2023? But for me, it would possibly, it'd have to be the Man City win because 
the overall level of performance was was absolutely amazing and the way we played the goal the fight everything was just really really good um we're going well in europe which has been good our first time back in europe for ages and we managed to top the group get out the group we're in that next phase now so that's been really really pleasing and i just think the development under Unai of the players and the team and we've gone up a level from last season as well so that has been absolutely amazing but we've got to finish the job you know we've done really really well in 2023 hopefully in this game we can end the year with a victory you know we'll still be above that two points per game and then for the next half of the season it's a big half of the season and we've built the foundations of a really good team we've built a really good platform now and it's important that in January that we recruit well. I think we have to recruit well. We 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 need some players. We need that lift. You know, any player that comes in in January will give the squad a lift. And I think we've really got to look at this now and think there's an opportunity here. Just like last year, just like when we were saying, you know, getting into Europe will be massive. And it is massive. It's massive because... It enables us to have that platform of bringing in players, but it also gives us that experience for the European journeys that are to come and they are going to come. They are going to be the big one. Um, so it's going to put us in really good stead and it's a really good building block. Um, and I think that's where we are. And it's now it's all about January. And I'm not going to go into too much detail on, on players, on who we need and what we need. But it's important that the players that come in give this squad the lift that's needed to push on for that next phase of the season because that is so important for me. Um, I cannot imagine that we are not going to sign anybody. I don't think that's the case. I, I would like to think that there is a big transfer that's going to come in because it's needed. You have to seize the moment. You have to seize the moment. And... What we have done in this first half of the season is created a, a foundation for us now to kick on and, and, and push on and, and, and get that aspiration of getting into the Champions League. And, and I think that's huge. And, you know, while we are there, we have to seize that moment. And I'm not saying we've got to be reckless in a window and just say, oh, we've just brought him in because it was available and we could do it. I think if we've got a long-term target that we can potentially get in this window, that we would want to sign in the summer, that we can entice to come in January to take us where we need to go, I think that's massive. And I think what's happened in the past is we've maybe had these players, we've had these players that we want to bring in and we've had to sell ourselves or they're not quite there, they're not quite aligned with where we are and what we want to do. We are in a great place now. Anyone looking at Aston Villa will look at and think, these can do something and these are doing something and I can be that player that can get them over that line and we're in an attractive proposition now, which is really, really good. So it's important that we get January right because it, players coming in is needed for us to get into that Champions League. It, it It's shown in the last couple of weeks where, yes, we've been fantastic, but we can't rotate as much as we need to. That There's... 
there's a, a little bit of a quality that we need that we don't quite have in a certain position. And I will say central midfield. I want a central midfielder to come in. I think we need we need another central midfielder because what we are seeing at the minute is a McGinn and a Louise. They're having to play every single game. And if we want to be in Europe, we want to be in all these cup competitions, we want to win the FA Cup, we want to win Europe, we want to get in the Champions League. We have to be able to have a level of rotation which doesn't sort of halt our game plan and our style and our vision. And I think some players are okay at doing that. Like, I actually think Longley for Pau is a really good replacement. He's not Pau Torres, Longley, but he comes in and he does a really good job and he's looked okay. So I'm happy with that. Where I do think we've got problems is when if you take Douglas Louise out or you take John McGinn out, we lose something and we can't lose that area. And for me, when I'm looking at sort of the win the, the FA Cup game coming up, you know, and and I'm thinking, okay, we want to win it, we want to go far in it, but there's players that need a rest, there's players that can't play. Like McGinn, he can't play, can he? He literally can't play. So where we've got that problem, we we need some players of a of a higher level for me in central midfield to help us tick over. So that's one area, and then we'll go more in depth in January with transfer hubs because they'll be fired back up. As soon as this game's over, we're firing that transfer hub up. So that's where I am. And that's what I feel like that next phase is for us. We've got to have a good window. If we have a good window, then we're going to be really, really good. Uh, And then we've got players coming back, like Tielemans will be back. Uh, Hopefully, Buendia in and around March time, maybe even if he just gives the squad a lift of him being back training. um, I think that is going to be massive as well. So... Brilliant 2023, but 2024, we've got a lot of hard work to do and we've got to kick on and we've got to kind of mirror slightly what we've done in 2023. So let me know your favourite moments um, and then you can find them in the comment section down below. So let's switch our attention to Burnley. Big game, bounce back game for Aston Villa to put in a performance to finish 2023. And then we can just go into 2024. We've only got two Premier League games in January. We've got Everton around the 15th, 14th. And then we've got Newcastle around the 30th. So there is a winter break and there's FA Cup games as well. So not many games. And that's where we can just recover, regroup and get ready for that next half of the season. So we've got Burnley coming up. Um, I've been... Slightly disappointed with Burnley from afar. I expected a little bit more from Burnley, I think. I think they've really struggled, and I think companies struggled to adapt to the Premier League. I think I look at teams like Luton, I look at Sheffield United, I look at you know those two teams, and I think they've adapted slightly better. And I think what Burnley are realising is that in the Premier League, there are very fine margins you go down the end of the pitch, you miss. Next chance Liverpool get, they score, and it's 1-0. And I think those moments, they're finding it a little bit difficult. I think they had a bit of a blow with Foster, missing games. He he looked like he was really coming into his own. 
Kolyosho's uh, out at the minute. I've been really impressed with him. So I've been really, I've been impressed with some of their players. I've got some really good flair players. Amdouni, I really like him as well. But there's just a little bit of a lack of quality at the back. And I think company at times has needed to just rein in a little bit and just go a little bit more defensive and, and manage games a little bit better. But it feels like they're just quite expressive. So I think that's going to play into Villa's hands massively. I think it's going to be a stark contrast from Sheffield United rocking up and defending for 90 minutes and putting everybody behind the ball. Burnley won't do that. They'll have a go. And I think that will probably be their downfall in this game, that Villa will be able to control the game and exploit Burnley. So if we go to uh, the tactical pad and we'll have a little look at how they set up in their last game against Liverpool. So this is how they lined up against Liverpool. Uh, they've got Trafford in goal, who has done okay. Big moments. I think he's he's having a bit of a mare at times. He's not as commanding and as dominant as what I think they would need in, in goal. Uh, they've got a back four. They've got a, a, a two in there of Sanderberg and Brownhill. Uh, they've got Odebert. They've got Fosters there back in the team. They've got Tressor and they've got Amdouni. So they've got a defensive sort of two players in there that are sort of screening and sort of have been those defensive players. And then their flair comes from out wide with Foster and then Amdouni. He's always in and around these areas, a little bit of a free roll. Um, he's pretty decent in and around the edge of the box as well. So uh, that's how... They are expected to line up. Uh, if we have a little look now at Burnley on their style, on, on how they play sort of like a 90-minute game. So the red, you can see, is where the opposition have most of the ball against Burnley. The blue is where they are comfortable with the ball. And then the grey are contested areas. So especially against Burnley, Aston Villa's left-hand side is going to be really, really important. And this is the area that Aston Villa are going to look to try and impose ourselves and sort of get a lot of joy in this game. If we have a little look at their average positions against Liverpool, it was pretty narrow um, centrally. And then you can really see, again, on that left-hand side, there's a quite a lot of space. The space in behind... Um, their right back, there's not much cover in that area either. So, especially against Liverpool, they play a similar sort of system to Villa uh, with how they play in central midfield. Um, you can see that this was Burnley's passing network. So, you know, it, it, it's okay. It's quite congested in the central area of the pitch. Uh, but, you know, you look at this area here, you've got their right back, Vitinho, who's gone forward. And there's massive, massive areas to exploit. You'll have areas to exploit here. So you can imagine a Leon Bailey. And also how you can imagine where our box midfield will be. So if we've got a John McGinn in this area or a Ramsey in this area, those are two areas that I think Villa can try and look to exploit as well. So because they do go forward, because they do have a go, there's space, there's gaps where you know Villa will be looking to exploit. I was talking about how... Uh, Liverpool play a similar sort of system to Aston Villa. And as you can see here, you've got a back three and then you've got Endo, who is actively screening the back three, number three. 
You've got their uh, left back who's gone forward. And then you've sort of got that front five, um, similar to how Villa would attack if we have both full backs going forward or vice versa. Uh, so I think, you know, it's a similar sort of setup to how Villa would do. You'd be looking for Villa's deep line double pivot to screen that back three anyway. Um, so I think if you're looking at a comparison for games, this is probably a, a decent comparison, really. Uh, you know, Liverpool were getting joy out wide with, with Nunes and Salah and Gakpo was lively. So, um, yeah, Liverpool didn't play the greatest in that game, but, you know, they're, they're still creating opportunities. And then we've got Liverpool's passing network as well. So you can really see... Uh, the back three, Endo screening, a, le a left-back Gomez has gone forward and you've got focal points with Nunes and Gakpo as well. So uh, I think that's pretty good assessment on, on how you can exploit uh, Burnley. If we go now to the head-to-head -head records, we've played 11 times. We've got four wins. They've got two. They've beat us once away and we have got one home win. Interestingly, most of our wins against Burnley have come away from home. I'll probably say that that was Villa's best away performance of the season as well, away at Burnley, when Matty Cash scored two goals. So, so far, we are still third. Uh, they are 19th. We've won 12, lost four. They've lost 14. They are scoring less than one goal a game, conceding two goals a game. We are scoring 2.1 per game, conceding 1.3. Recent record is really good as well. Uh, we've got two wins and a draw. Both victories come in with a 3-1 victory. And then the form guide. Villa's form dipped off slightly uh, with our three wins and then a draw and a loss. And then here you can see the different styles. So Burnley's style, similar to Villa's style. Both teams are in slow and intricate. But where it changes is that Aston Villa's direct speed is a lot quicker than what Burnley's um, speed is. Here you've got that graphic again. This, is, this was the match dominance against Liverpool. Uh, Liverpool had an expected threat of 5.30. Burnley had a 1.57. Burnley attacked predominantly down the middle of the park against Liverpool. And then this is an interesting graphic. So 10 plus pass uh, sequences. So Villa have had 201, Burnley have had 201, Villa have had 52 build-up attacks, Burnley have had 37, and Villa have had 43 direct attacks, and Burnley have had 18. And then here you can see that direct speed. Villa are 1.71, and Burnley are 1.43. So Villa are a little bit quicker at moving that ball forward. You've got the XG shot map against Liverpool. So Liverpool had numerous amounts of shots. So, yeah, there we go. Burnley, it's going to be an interesting game. But I'm looking for Villa to impose ourselves on this game. So I'm not going to give the predicted lineup away. I'm going to, I'm going to keep that close to my chest. But what we are going to do is we're just going to have a little look at where and what I would like to see from Aston Villa in this game. So, I want to see control. I want to see us controlling the game. But I want to see us moving the ball quicker compared to the game against Sheffield United. And I'm going to stick with the same 
defensive setup, I think. Because the only other defensive setup we could go with would be to play with out and out left back, out and out right back. But I think we need to get this shape locked in and, and just keep it locked in. So I would want my deploying player in the double pivot to be screening the back three in this game, to actively be screening in that role. We want the next player in the double pivot, Douglas Louise, to be a little bit more creative, to have a little bit more license to move around the pitch a little bit, I think. I think we want to get him in and around here a little bit more. Last two games, it's felt a little bit, it's felt a little bit static. Uh, so with the this player that's going to be screening and holding that role there, we know we've already got this back three here as protection anyway. This should give us enough cover, and then we can have a little bit more license through here. We know now that this left-hand side is going to be very, very important. So it's going to be important that the, le that the left back bombs on, gets forward, offers that threat through there. But it's also important that this player here is going to be actively getting into the box as well and being a runner. Maybe we can have some sort of inside runs through there as well and we can just get a little bit more creative down this flank. But it's important that we really exploit the Burnley right-hand side. And also the box midfield as well. I want to see it starting to look a little bit more like a box again. And I, and I think that's partly important to, to dominate in the game. You know, if the, if it's going to look like this and we know it's going to be Brownhill, we know it's going to be Sanderberg, so we can actively sort of man-mark those two players. And with sort of the holder here screening and watching out for Amdouni, we should have, we should have, the man advantage in midfield in this area. So we should be able to find the spare man all of the times. Foster's going to be up there. Amdouni's going to be in around there. If they want to offer the width Burnley through there, then that's fine because it enables us to have gaps in and around here. If they do go a little bit more narrow, like they did against Liverpool, then it's there for us to use the width. We've got to use the width a little bit more. We'll have an out ball with Luca Dean through there anyway. So I think that's massively important. And then the next phase is these two players through here as well. It's important that Watkins is going to stretch, but it's also important that this wide player gets wide, attacks Charlie Taylor as well, and gets into those areas. And I think it's just all about supporting Watkins and getting through there. So the width is going to come from here. The width is going to come from here if they go narrow anyway. So we should always really be able to pick out this spare man. And it's important now that this ball is going to be massively on in this game. To there and the ball into there. Those two balls are going to be absolutely crucial in this game. That we can bypass players and then get players on the turn running at the Burnley defence. So, yeah, I think those that, that area for me, that left-hand side, Pau Torres back in. And we just exploit, exploit, exploit. Uh, so that's my team. That's how I think we can exploit them. And, you know, big game for the wide player as well. So uh, hopefully you've enjoyed this episode. Um, it's about to get back on track now.
and then we can finish the year off really well. Uh, so hopefully you've enjoyed this episode. Uh, if you have, give it a thumbs up. If you're new, subscribe. Comment your thoughts in the comment section down below. Next episode, we will have the predicted lineup tomorrow. So I'll predict the lineup uh, and we'll do our score predictions for the next round of games. Then we will have the game. So we'll have fan cams on Saturday. Uh, then we'll have a match reaction on Saturday night. Debrief on Sunday. And then we'll fire up the transfer hub. And the one name that I am thinking we should get up front is Timo Werner. He would be unbelievable in this system. Absolutely unbelievable. Those runs would be incredible. So, yeah, Timo, Timo Werner, central midfielder. And then we'll go from there. But, yeah, up the villa. Cheers, everyone.